Welcome to FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I am your funeral director, Robin, and I am joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira. And I'm Des. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody. And uh, we have a special guest on the show tonight. Uh, what do you say, Len? Hey, guys. Hey. 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 <laughs> this is uh, uh, a, a famous author, Leonard Kenyon. Of uh, of the same town I live in, Bennington, Vermont, and uh, I'll give you an address at the end of the podcast if you want to go visit him. <laughs> Excellent. Wait, what's he a famous author of? Well, I was going to ask uh, Leonard. Uh, do you want to uh, go into a little bit about what your stuff is all about? No. <laughs> He's, shy. He's shy. I'm going to Google you. He's shy. No, actually, um, not quite famous yet. <laughs> Well, according to Google, you're dead. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a Leonard Kenyon obituary. Well, he's got to get over that hump first. And, uh... as soon as oh, I and you were 88 when you died in 2008. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I write, uh, I guess, horomedy or or um, funny dark fiction. I'm working with a, an agent right now doing the revisions of a novel that I hope that promises to be great. Um, but the next few weeks are going to be really, really hard because I've revised the, the novel a few times and then he just laid um, pages and pages on me that uh, he feels need to be changed and I agree. But mm-hmm. then comes the, I'm in the depression and the denial stage of it all right now. I can't do this. Oh my God, I can't do this. But I, I, uh, I'll do it. And then, who knows, maybe it and a year's time is generally about how long it takes after you sell a manuscript uh, before it hits the shelf. Um, but that's the story. Excellent. That's pretty awesome. Wow. Good for you. So that you. is pretty awesome. I wish you success. Thank you very much. Well, mm-hmm. you, you caught him on the ground floor before he forgets about all of us. So uh, Yeah. Famous. Yeah. Throw is, us some favors. This is your first podcasting experience, Len. What do you, what do you think about it's, it so far? Uh, good so far. <laughs> We were about five minutes into it. <laughs> nothing too scary. And he's also um, a funeral director as well. Uh, funeral director, not as in job, but as as in this <laughs> podcast, a person who's experienced the six feet under. We're called we call the funeral directors, and the newbies are the six feet, six feet undertakers. Sure. So you are also uh, the reason for this podcast. The the one of the establishing. Uh, 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 things about this is the fact that I have access to all your DVDs. Right. Yeah. So you let me borrow this amazing complete series. I started watching it again with my wife and then all of a sudden the, the idea for the podcast came up. So Sure. So uh, thank you very much. And you'll, Glad I can help. You'll get them back in the fall. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. Does that mean you guys got together this week and had like a cute little popcorn date and you watched this episode together? No. No, he told no. me to go revisit it on my own. Uh, did not <laughs> let me borrow my own DVD <laughs> back. I had to, to find it online. You know, uh, you bastard. Uh, That's just me. Love it. He's just a guest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't even know what the box set looks like anymore. When he gives it back to me, I won't even know what, what he's handing me. It's looking more and more like mine. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably been doodling on it, and there's baby spit up on uh, it. I do have to say real quick that this this show was probably the first that I can remember. I was living in California at the time, 
the first television show I've ever become truly obsessed with. I mean, it, it, um, in, in my memory, I guess I hadn't watched any at that time, any sort of HBO series at great length. Like I did this, a friend let me borrow the, the pilot episode and I actually dreamt about these characters for days. I needed to, and I became obsessed. And of course, I won't ruin anything for the newbies. But the finale, I actually called in sick to work for three days when the when the DVDs were finally available, so I could just plow through them. Mm-hmm. I was so obsessed with the show. Oh, what hooked you so much? Do you think? I well, it's morbid for one. I think I, you know, <laughs> I'm attracted to the to the macabre, but um, That's I don't know. Macabre. I think. Macabre. It is macabre, right? Uh, I think it was the the first time that uh, I don't know that a TV show. I didn't realize TV could be so badass in, until I saw this. I guess mm-hmm. I, I, I've never, I haven't had cable TV in years and years and years. So I rely on recommendation and um, those sort of things. And I've been giving a lot. I've been given a lot of shite over the years. But this was one thing that man, I. TV is this cool? What? Yeah. <laughs> the quality of the writing really is Absolutely. quite phenomenal. Phenomenal, yeah. 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 And TV. of course, you know, it, it's really funny because he hasn't actually been watching along with us. He just picked up the episode and uh, rewatched it. And uh, I'm really hoping that he's not going to slip during this episode at all. No, I won't say that. <laughs> okay. I won't. No you spoilers. remember where we are in the whole ride? You know? I'm sorry. <laughs> Vaguely, for the most part. I, you know, I used to have the box set. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, this is why he can't write us any feedback, because somebody's got all of his DVDs. Well, you know, if he wants to download more episodes, he can. <laughs> I can feel free. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome, Len. And uh, let's get into the next segment, which is called the Darwin Awards. And the Darwin Awards is uh, the place where I honor the idiots in history that kill themselves <laughs> before they reproduce. So uh, the title of this uh, story is called Reckless Spending, uh, and it's from March 2000. Uh, because of the tiresome problem of tourists farting their way into disaster, the more treacherous overlooks in the Grand Canyon are protected by fences and signs. All these overlooks are spectacular. Some have towering columns, some have small plateaus that tourists toss coins onto, like dry wishing wells. Uh, one entrepreneur wished for financial success, and there in front of him was a means to an end. Literally. But uh, he had a brilliant and obvious idea. No stranger to danger, the man climbed over the fence with a bag, leapt to one of the precarious coin-covered perches, and filled the bag with booty. Harvest time! But (laughs) when he tried to leap back to the safe side, he went head-to-head with physics. Specifically, force equals mass times gravity. Our entrepreneur had increased his mass... And the force required to lift himself against the pull of gravity was now greater. The heavy bag of coins arrested his jump, and the birds retreated to a view of his long plunge to the valley floor below, followed by a shower of coins. Brilliant idea with a fatal flaw in the execution. (laughs) (laughs) Throw the bag first! All right. Well, that's it for the Darwin Awards, and let's have a little break. And wait, one correction. I'm sorry. Oh, the physics, geek, the physics geek in me says, actually, force equals mass times acceleration. Why does it say <laughs> F equals mg? 
I thought that was cool. It lied. It lied. Oh, Darwin Awards. <laughs> Damn them. <laughs> well, uh, let's have a break and hear from uh, our new sponsors, quote unquote, <laughs> the, the Top 5 Podcast. This is Mike. This is Trav. We'd like to remind you of one of the best podcasts on the net for over three years running. The Top 5 Podcast Spectacular. WTF, Comedy Bang Bang, Nerdist, Smodcast, we've been at it longer than them. Okay, not Smodcast. Come back to one of the originals. New co-hosts, new segments, but still as funny, interesting, and oftentimes thought-provoking. The Top 5 Quiz. Cinco Thinkos. And the Top 5 of the Week. If you hated us before, we get it. But come on, try it again, it's different. The new Top 5 Podcast Spectacular. Now with 150% more retard jokes, senseless catchphrases, and absurd singing. Twice a month on iTunes, Zune Marketplace, and at top5podcast.com. It cures AIDS! And wow, they sound funny. Uh, actually, those are, <laughs> uh, those are old friends of mine from back when I was uh, hosting uh, or co-hosting the Trivia War podcast. And uh, yeah, they, they were frequent guests or guests here and there and actually it's really funny i've never had a podcast syndicated before but they asked for uh files of the trivia war podcast to rerun on their feed i have no wow. idea what wait a minute you should be getting what do they call residuals or something uh, shouldn't residuals. you <laughs> 10 cent check in the mail every three months <laughs> I I miss the trivia war podcast. Well, there you go. You go. You s- subscribe to Top Five Podcast, and I think you'll find a way to. I think either they're going to run it on the same feed or whatever, but um, or you'll you'll hear about how to get to it. But uh, I, I'm I'm I can't believe I'm I'm now syndicated. Or me and oh, wow! Syndicated. Can we still podcast with you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're also running uh, Fishercast promos. Hopefully, so. Awesome. Anyway, uh, let's get into the uh, well, our discussion of the episode, Open Casket Viewing. Okie dokie, Season 3, Episode 5, The Trap. Parallels between his marriage and that of a client, whereon Nate, who is alienated by Lisa's increasingly irritating behavior. Ruth sets the ground rules for a new live-in apprentice named Arthur, a polite and eccentric young man. Brenda shows up at the funeral home and tries to make amends with Nate. Claire agrees to be Olivier's assistant and draws closer to geeky art school friend Russell. Written by Bruce Eric Kaplan and directed by Jeremy Podeswa. Nice. And uh, I actually listened to a bit of the commentary from writer Bruce Eric, Ka- Cla- Eric Clapton. Eric Kaplan. Layla! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. He not only uh, wrote Layla, he wrote this episode. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. So I might have a couple of things here. Um, like we have, well, actually it's the second scene that he did a, something on, but the first scene is, uh, a couple is lost in the woods and arguing. They've been hiking for a long time and they can't seem to find their way. Can't seem to find my way home. And, uh, they, uh, find a old VW bug. Don't worry, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into it. Uh, and, <laughs> He didn't warm up. I didn't, warm, I didn't do my vocal exercises. I think he's in nicotine withdrawal. That uh, might have something to do with lying it. Lion face, lemon face. Uh, <laughs> so, so they approach the VW bug and they see something moving around. They open the door and, wow, that's a pigeon. And then 
they also discover <laughs> a skeleton in there, and that's of William Jaffe, who died in 1975, the year I was born. Can I say that it was refreshing to see a death that didn't already, you know, that had already happened, yeah. and it wasn't yucky and gross and nasty? <laughs> <laughs> I was so relieved. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're on a hike right now, actually. Here's um, <laughs> the pigeon the, from the car. Look, she's she's got the bird next it, to her. <laughs> it's February 4th. It's like 70 degrees. Uh. I've got doors and windows open. You know? It's hey, do you know, where, do you know where hell is? Because you can go there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do know where hell is. It's Vermont in the winter. <laughs> uh, actually, it hasn't been that bad this year. No, it's been right. yeah. The groundhog actually saw its shadow in six more yeah. weeks. And uh, uh, I, I talked to some people at work. We're like, yeah, we can deal with six more weeks of this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said, too. <laughs> so, yeah, this is actually the only episode in which uh, you don't see the death. It, it, it The death happens, like, way long before. Yeah. So this is not going to happen again? No. Oh, Sorry, yes. spoilers! You have more yuckiness to look ahead to. Uh, so that's the worst part of the show. <laughs> so we go to art class, and Russell and Claire are drawing uh, some creepy puppets. And uh, oh. uh, actually, uh, the writer Bruce Eric Clapton. <laughs> 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 I didn't mean it. I really. Uh, the writer Bruce Eric Kaplan uh, said that the reason why they had them drawing puppets is because he wanted to symbolize that um, Russell and Claire are in fact Olivier's puppets in this class, and uh, and we see uh, Olivier hiring Claire in this scene because he wants to make sure that they stay his puppets and that they don't collaborate. So quickly so i love russell yeah <laughs> i love ben foster <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would do s- i love the character i quite like him too i think you do get the sense that that olivier is trying to maintain control for sure for sure mm. that he's got his I, eye on claire in particular and it seems like he wants to have sway over her see so. i didn't see it as like him trying to maintain control i saw it as more like um he is not paying attention to you know he's he's being a little selfish and wanting you know everybody to do what he wants them to do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like Perhaps you know what i mean like he's got an ego yeah yeah his big ego is is what's fueling him and he really is oblivious to you know claire and um, Russell and what's going on between a... them, and he doesn't care. That's what really? it felt like. See, I it. think he does. I think he was watching it and having an odd. I couldn't decide if it was a jealousy or what it was because he comes over and he breaks up their little um, hen clutch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He struck me as being kind of jealous or controlling or something. Yeah, like he had to be the center of attention. Everybody has to pay attention to him. You know, yeah. kind of. I don't know. I mean, he may he may be doing it deliberately to keep them apart, but to me, it just felt more like it's all about him and his ego and being the center of attention, and that's what was important. Yeah, well, he does come over and he's like, he like compliments Russell on his work and says it's coming along, and then he pulls Claire over uh, saying, I, we need to talk. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, she he, he pumps her ego up by asking her to be his assistant. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Russell looks a little upset at the end of the scene, but uh, mm-hmm. Claire, I love the look on Claire's face at the end of this. Like she's just in complete la la land. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, in, in the scene, he's Russell wants Claire to accompany him to I think his sister's or his brother's wedding or something like that. Brother-in-law's what? I don't know. Brother? Brother's, brother's, brother's wedding, wedding, I think. Yeah. All right. So in the next scene, Diane and Chris Buckner are trying to pick up Casket, and Diane used to be Diane Jaffe, uh, the the corpse's wife, the corpse bride. <laughs> uh, D- David is uh, working his sales game, <laughs> trying to get them to pick a good, expensive casket. Um, and it turns out that Will went out for a newspaper and never came back. And she says that they're just one of those couples that got married too soon, and she thought he just kind of ran away. And now she doesn't know how to feel now that she knows that you know he just he got killed. Um, Chris, Chris, the uh, the new husband, well, the semi-new husband, I guess, the stepfather, um, thinks that funerals are empty rituals. Diane wonders why he was out on that Cadbean Road. Nate kind of thinks maybe maybe he got lost. Uh, <laughs> but and Diane wonders if he was seeing someone. And Nate is trying to disagree with this, but yeah, the couple agree on a plain cedar casket and David frowns. <laughs> <laughs> David just saw his sales go right plummeting yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a quick scene where Ruth finds some mousetraps and then uh, we go down to the embalming room. Why would you shake the box? It's a box. You don't know what's in it, and you're going to shake it? First of all, that's not going to tell you what's in it unless it tells you it's broken glass because you shook it. But seriously, what if it's breakable? What if it's fragile, you know? One normally reserves shaking of boxes for Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, that's still not the best way to do it. Sometimes <laughs> but it's kids fragile. all do it. <laughs> kids all Is do it. Is that just like a TV thing, holding a box to your ear and shaking it? I guess. So I don't I've think I've ever that seen that in, that in real life. <laughs> Maybe Christmas is probably the only exception. <laughs> TV stuff. Like yesterday, my daughter at dinner, she reaches over to get an apple for dessert, and then she rubbed it on her shirt first to kind of polish it up. And I looked at her and I said, wow, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody actually do that in real life before. No, that's like TV. Th- she must be watching too much TV. <laughs> must be. Get that kid away from the telly. <laughs> So Claire's telling Rico that she's quitting, and Rico's happy. They had enough people working for them. And uh, Claire fakes Rico out with the uh, box of bones, which is awesome. (laughs) He's a douche again. Yeah, he's back to being a douche. Well, he's in his irritable mode. Let's, yeah. Um, Len, you're being quiet over there. Thoughts on Rico? Um. Yeah, I I remember flip-flopping with how I felt about him because he, you know, he's, um, like you said, he can be a douche. He can be very cool. In the end, uh, I would say I I, I like the guy a lot. I think he's a very cool character. Well, that gives me a little hope. That gives me some hope. Hmm, Okay, I'll take that. Um, Rico is in the next scene. He's presenting Nate with the idea, Nate and David with the idea of getting an apprentice. And, uh, and he says it's unpaid help. The person works for credit for mortuary school. And, uh, Nate says the house is already crowded. <laughs> David says, you mean with your wife and baby? <laughs> <laughs> can, can I say, I think that that showed really quite remarkable initiative on Rico's part in his yeah. defense. I I really do. Yeah. And did you but, notice how David you know, totally scoffs it right in the beginning? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you were crunching numbers? Well, I think yeah. it, Rico is, is probably, uh, you got to have that character. He's maybe the most pragmatic, uh-huh. <clears throat> the most 
sane, normal thinker, and he gets irritated by all their bullshit in the house. <laughs> Um, it's it's a good idea, um, you know, but, okay, um, apprentices, they have to live with you? I mean, that's weird. Why don't you just get an intern? They're also unpaid, and they go home at night. Hmm. Uh, well, I don't... Because uh, the writers thought it would be more cool to have yeah. <laughs> this apprentice in the house. <laughs> I don't... Do they really actually have live-in apprentices? I mean, what happens if you don't live in your business? I wonder if do you Rico have to was a live-in apprentice. And maybe that's the I, reason he got the idea. Uh, I mean, it did refer to something that the old man said, or, you know, later on. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, um... David is all for it, and Ruth comes in and she wonders who the heck's <laughs> going to be living with her. <laughs> Rico says they're going to save $10,000, and Ruth agrees, but no loud rock music. <laughs> they they should have included her at the beginning, since she is the one who has to live with this person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we go into the other room. Uh, Ruth is telling Nate that she only agreed because she wants to save them money now that Lisa is going to be a stay-at-home mother. And <gasps> Nate goes, what, what, what? <laughs> yeah. And Nicole, Why do you, you, that's not something you can just decide on your own when you're married that you're going to not work for four years. <laughs> and for her to have discussed it with her mother in law before her husband is uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa's <laughs> a douche, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Lisa. Apparently told her that she's going back to work while, in, in, until Maya goes to kindergarten, and then Nate notices that Ruth has a mousetrap in her hand, and she says, uh, "He says that it's cruel." And Ruth says that mice are terrible and deserve to die. You tell them, Ruth. <laughs> they carry diseases. We're at choir practice, and uh, the conductor's still not impressed with anything. It's like, yeah, it could be better. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he's ever happy. Um, and uh, he tells David uh, to relax. And Terry and Patrick invite David out for a beer. Um, is it Terry and Patrick? I get these all mm. mixed up. Um, I have no idea. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's Terry it's and Patrick. Sorry. Uh, they, at the bar, they gossip a bit about the choir until Patrick needs to tinkle. And that's when Terry says, um, we know each other previously. You uh, jerked me off in a Sears bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, David isn't told denial about. And uh, Terry says, at, uh, asks if uh, Keith's coming to the performance, as he is. And Terry says, oh, I can't wait to meet him. And I have to confess, I I was suckered by David. I thought maybe it wasn't true. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. I was, yeah, I wasn't sure. He's a good liar, that David. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a serial killer. So. True. <laughs> <Right>. It's true. <laughs> um, so I've never gotten a hand job in Sears. <laughs> I, no? I've done it Sears. Nor have I. But now I know where I'm going after we're done recording. <laughs> says you can't get a hand job. You can call it something else, but it's still basically a hand job. A clam job? Sure, sure. <laughs> wow. It is It is uh, technically possible, Robin. 
it, it, you use the hand. What do you <laughs> so, do yeah. in Vermont? This is what I want to know. What? Uh, All right. I guess, I guess, yeah, but you're, you're, you're doing a different motion. It's not like you're jerking till three. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you can, you know, te- I mean, technically not jerking, but, you know, <laughs> you right. can still use the same terminology. All right. Well, anybody wants to uh, explore this further, please email us, fishercast1 at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> i got to get an email somehow, Moira. I mean. <laughs> hey, listen, another one appeared today. Stop pointing. Yay. <laughs> All right. In the next scene, Lisa shows Nate some problem purchases. Uh, okay, this God, is hilarious to me. I'm sorry. If she, she's sitting there, you know, highlighting the purchases and, and making her little happy faces, and I'm killing myself thinking that she's so unbelievably controlling, intense, and uptight. Everything we've said about her, as Des would say, she's a douche. <laughs> she's a mega douche. Okay. Oh, super. She's like yeah. the queen of douches. <laughs> Led not a fan? No, no. <laughs> I um, I remember hating her guts. Oh, and, me too. And rewatching this episode, it it just reiterated that <laughs> old feeling, which is great because I she that that's just a testament uh, to her acting ability. She's a great actress. I've seen her in other movies and thought she was awesome. But man, do I just want to punch her face? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Fist bump. She's just like the most annoying hippie that you can't get out of your yes. house. Yes. Because she's yeah, because she's so self righteous about everything, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. always got to be Lisa's way, whether it's throwing a party or how you do your bills or what you purchase. Everything has to be her way. Just super passive aggressive too, like the mom. Yes, awful. She's the worst. Well, um, in the commentary, uh, Bruce Eric Clapton. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. You might as well stick with it. Whatever. Um, he actually says that uh, he finds Lisa very human and relatable. He says that uh, he, he's heard a lot about the dislike for Lisa. And uh, he just he sees her as very human and she's just acting differently than the way the other, other characters, the other fishers especially, act. And that she's unhappy in this marriage too, but she's expressing it differently. Yeah, what well, maybe or maybe writer Eric Clapton is a douchebag too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hey, he wrote everything in this episode. So, because <laughs> maybe he thinks this is really how people are supposed to relate to each right. other. Mm. In which case, uh, ooh, yeah, ugh. yeah, I would need a shower. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah, um, Nate and Lisa have a little argument about the whole staying at home thing, and uh, Nate says this is not a decision you can make without me here here nate we agree the only redeeming feature about lisa in this entire episode is the fact that she doodles since i doodle other than that (laughs) there's nothing good i really feel bad for nathan i i especially like his hair in this episode though (laughs) it it looks good people have been hating his hair this season i think it looks cool yeah it's mm-hmm. better today in this one, but sometimes he just looks like a twelve-year-old boy. It's just weird. <laughs> it's going I, I all different directions. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. We have uh, we have the next scene. We're at, at Keith and David's. Keith can't make the concert at seven thirty because he has to work till nine. Um, David is very understanding, <laughs> and <laughs> Keith thinks he's being sarcastic and. And then, and David, you know, says, "No, no, no! Seriously, you don't have to go. You don't have to go." And 
he thanks him and they hug and it's, yes we're finally making progress mm-hmm. uh, Keith wonders starts thinking about his, his job and he's just like wondering what his purpose is and David says that he gives a meeting and Keith says well that's not enough <laughs> it's not enough for anybody that's very wise Keith I think and the next scene one of the most big things I've been waiting for <laughs> Yay! All the time is the arrival of Arthur. Rain Wilson! Yeah. Dwight Schrute? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what, I, I want to hear what your first reactions were <clears throat> seeing Rain Wilson on the screen in, in Six Feet Under. Were you, were you totally unspoiled, or uh, did you know about this? I was unspoiled about him, yeah. Good. I was totally unspoiled as well. I was I was thrilled. <laughs> And he does this so well. It's just great. I want to say this might be the first time that I remember seeing Rain Wilson ever. Yeah, me too. And I want to say that this character left a huge impression on me. So when he started popping up in films and television, um, it was cool to see him again. Because I thought of him as, holy shit, it's that guy from Six Feet Under. (laughs) I know. That's what... I, I I didn't started watching The Office, the American version, until like a couple seasons went by, and uh, and it was really funny because I was like, oh yeah, the one with Arthur Arthur plays yeah. the Gareth character right. <laughs> in the U.S. Office, so it's it's really cool. It's really cool to see him. There's a quote here I, I like that when, when Rico says to him. Yeah, you seem a little homeschooled. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, she did. Can I just say my uh, wife was homeschooled and she uh, didn't really like that guy? <laughs> oh God! I have, listen, I have good friends who are homeschooled. Yeah. I just think it's cute that that's how Rico perceives it. That's yeah. what's making me laugh. <laughs> most home. Okay, I've had, I've met quite a few homeschooled people, and most of them have some real social um, issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were not properly social when they were homeschooled right. so yeah oh robin's I, wife is absolutely straight out of a cult <laughs> this is what we've always suspected <laughs> that's true she, she is, is not true i need to retract that <laughs> she she's, is you're right she's she is not true, true. And, i have and, met Bri and she's a very nice person and she does not seem homeschooled <laughs> at all so oh lord god we're showing all our prejudices it's terrible <laughs> So uh, Bruce Springsteen clapped and says that uh, Arthur was actually originally supposed to be a goth, like a total like heavy metal goth person. Like, right. yeah, but Bruce said no loud rock music. It, yeah, I know, but that I, maybe perhaps that was the reason for that line, you know. Uh, and uh, the, as when they got around to casting, and Rain Wilson came in, they thought. He really felt perfect, and that rather than go into like this, you know, strange direction with him being like a goth guy, and you know, it's easier for them to get sort of a connection going in the first episode that he's there because he's. I I don't know what you guys thought about it, but he he, to me he's he's a lot like Ruth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yes. But also kind of a weirdo, and um, I would I would totally uh, not be surprised if he did hack her to death in the night. Yes, I was about to say when she does the scene where she shows him around the house, mm. and yes. she's closing the door to her bedroom ever so quickly, and I thought, 
Oh, he he is creepy. He's almost like um he's very creepy. Who's the character from Psycho? You know, Norman. Norman, Bates. Norman Bates. He's like a Norman Bates. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's got a little bit of a uh, Children of the Corn thing going on. Yeah, but yeah. I, uh, I think he's cool, but I do see the similarities with with Ruth, especially their their old fashioned. Their, they're their, very anal. They're, yeah, yeah. They have their little, you know list and times yeah. and everything yeah yeah and he's he mentions that you know he right he was raised by his aunt mm-hmm. elderly yes. aunt so he's sort of already used to i think he's a perfect fit for the fisher house because he's already it seems to me just the way he was interacting with ruth is perhaps his aunt back home was very much like her as well so mm-hmm. uh also anal and old-fashioned. And, very uh, old-fashioned. Right. He yes, he has very old-fashioned manners, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's very, he stands very erect. He's polite and yeah. soft-spoken. I mean, he, he even says that his Aunt Pearl would have tarred him for uh, the kind of language that Rico is giving. Right. Oh, and the look on his face when Rico swears, the look on Rain Wilson's face <laughs> is so adorable. It's just, yeah. it's like this guilty secret pleasure, you know? Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, in the, the next scene, uh, Nate's getting some CDs and the lady at the counter says she needs some credit approval. And then all of a sudden, Lisa walks out and starts yelling at him. Huh? You're throwing everything away from I to go to college over fucking Beck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> and then do you hear just hear static every time I open my mouth? Well, yeah, Lisa, pretty much we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two turntables and a microphone, bitch. I'm buying these. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that turned out to be a dream sequence. Uh, and uh, Nate cancels his purchase and walks out. Did you guys think that Lisa actually got a job there? Because that's what I thought when no. I first watched this. No. At, at first I did. So she I did like, get a well, job. And this is a little... <laughs> She's, you know, she wasn't going to tell him she was going to be a stay-at-home mom. Why would she tell him she got a job, you know? She's, uh, she was pulling an American beauty on him. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad to see that they have not, ball. Six Feet Under has not abandoned the dream sequence, because I, I quite enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, not a fan, because I don't know they're real or not. <laughs> <laughs> they always get me. Yeah, Len, in fact, uh, uh, my, my co-hosts were convinced that the opening episode where um, Nate comes back <laughs> from this AVM and six months later and all this stuff has changed was actually a dream, like a whole right. dream. We were, we were clinging, we were so clinging to that hope like we were grasping onto the side of a cliff, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. Nobody- it was hard to settle into all of this. I remember yes. that. Yeah. We we could. I still can't accept the whole Lisa marriage thing. I I just I refuse to. Oh, know, I accept, accept it. it now, but I believe it is utterly doomed, and that gives me you know great <laughs> joy. So <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> so we have a weird yeah. scene where Claire is looking around Olivier's classroom and finds a toothbrush of his and smells it. And uh, yeah, and that's the- weird. <laughs> yes, I agree. That's weird. Have you ever smelled someone else's toothbrush? <laughs> I don't. Even, I wouldn't smell my own. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a, 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 according to the writer. The there was a, a lot of argument about what what the deal is with the toothbrush and why would they why would she do that? And uh, it, it you know it kind of it was weird. It was like. 
they were arguing about whether or not she should, you know, pick up the toothbrush. And then somebody brought up like, well, how about, how about have her smell it? You know? And then they're like, Oh, perfect. And then they decided to keep it in there. <laughs> so well, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand. These, these writers are weirdos. So I don't know. I kind of got like, uh, this is weird, but I sort of thought maybe when she did that, obviously she's a little bit enamored with him. Mm-hmm. And and maybe yes. that's kind of like a sort of a weird, sexy. That, I don't know. I just uh, there was a there's some sort of weird sexual tension in that mm-hmm. to me. That's maybe exactly what I got. Yeah, because she picked it up, she smelled it. I was like, oh fuck, she has a crush on him. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Yes, I took it the same way. <laughs> so Olivier comes in and hurries her out, and as we find out, uh, Claire actually got hired to drive him around. <laughs> And uh, and he saw her with the toothbrush and <laughs> yells at her about about that. Oh, so weird. Oh, poor Claire. Um, <laughs> Nate comes in and meets Tom, who is Will Jaffe's son. And Tom is there to give some uh, things to help to bury with his uh, father, who he's not exactly emotionally attached to at all. Um, he pulls out his bar mitzvah jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and a uh, Linda Ronstadt T-shirt that might have been Will's. Um, oh, can you can you put Blue Bayou at the end of the uh, episode? Because that's a great song. No, you know that if you request ah! songs, I'm not going to put them at the end of the episode. Then I'm not going to say the one I'm Why? thinking about. <laughs> Why? I'm going to request every friggin' song they mention in this show. Beck, put a Beck song at the end okay. of the episode. All right. I'd rather put a Beck song. <laughs> you know Linda what it is, Des? Uh, huh. I know what it is. It's because mm-hmm. Robin's been hanging around those Vermont hippies, and now he's turned into this secret control freak. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. You're watching it happen here. It's unfolding in front of us. <laughs> Last week you put I Had the Time of My Life on there for me, but just not the right version. It was not the right version, was it? Yeah, I put the version of um, Family Guy where um, the old man <laughs> singing it to uh, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> the old pervert, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you like that Oedipus Rex, Rex song, right? Come on now. That's an awesome song. <laughs> Uh, Boy, well done, Rob. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, Tom is very cheery, but he needs to get back to work, and uh, yeah, he leaves, and he talks to David a little bit about how upset he is that how little regard Tom has for his his dad, like how little of an impression he made on him. Well, he thought he left him when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course you're gonna not think that much of him because he abandoned you when you're a baby. Well, I, I interpreted it to me. Nate was feeling if I weren't in Maya's life every day, this is how right. she'd be perceiving me, right? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, there's yeah. a difference between yeah. not being yes. in her life every day and right. abandoning her as a baby and never seeing her again. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a bit dramatic, so but yeah, but maybe it's why again part of his psyche as to why he justifies making the choice he made. You know, the one that you and I don't agree with. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He can parent, he can help, he can co-parent Maya, and, you know, they don't have to be together. It can be done. It's done all the time. Yep. But, you know, I guess he doesn't stop to think about that. 
Um, then the next scene, Ruth is giving Arthur the tour. We were talking, we already talked about this a bit, uh, in the kitchen. <laughs> she says that da- only she, he can use anything, but you know, David's little special yellow ball bowl might be off limits. Uh, and I, can I say his response? Cause it's just, ahead. he's just priceless. Yeah. Let's not take the chance. We'll keep it out of rotation. <laughs> he's so creepy. He's oh, so but creepy it's to me. Eccentric as they say in the outline. It's a perfect word for him. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that. That he's completely empathetic like you can't he he's he's about the lunchtime thing he's like oh yeah. i'll take this one and she's like hmm. and he's like oh well i can take the other one you know, no problem. yeah i was gonna say yeah. for an awkward guy he reads ruth's emotional cues really well he's good with the old people apparently he's old <laughs> like but you know but he still comes across really creepy to me you know i mean i don't know um, how about when he notices the warm light in Ruth's bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just weird. She pulls the door shut and then brings him to his room where he settles in. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the the writer talked a little bit about how everybody uh, in the crew were just kind of laughing, like how gigantic Arthur's bedroom is <laughs> compared it to anybody else's. It was huge. Oh, jeez. <laughs> He said that I think he I I'm not, I can't remember about this, but he says I think the bedroom shrinks more and more as you go further on because they just uh-huh. were like, wow, why did he get such a gigantic room? <laughs> yeah, Claire's room isn't that big. No. Goodness, it's probably no. bigger than the corn shack he grew up in. <laughs> uh, so much to Moira and Dez's delight, Brenda <laughs> shows up to Fisher and Diaz. Yay! Yes. She's looking and good too. Did you guys yeah, like cry is. with joy? <laughs> I, no. I, no, but uh, no, because actually Nate's reaction to her was so underwhelming that um, yeah, it kind of took some of the fun out of it for me. You think that he yeah, should have like that... embraced her? And... <laughs> no, I don't mean that. But just he looked so wary. He looked like uh, he thought she was about to strike out at him or something. I don't know. <laughs> It was right. very awkward. And then, and then when she said we had to talk, I had this worry that she was going to say that she was pregnant when she left. And, oh, my God, I'm like, please introduce another <laughs> stupid kid on this show. <laughs> Thank goodness that wasn't it. Well, it's only been six months, so maybe, uh, I don't know, is she not showing yet or – well, she. It, it's, I thought it was seven months um, when the show came back on. Oh, okay. Seven I thought months. It was six. Seven months. But it has to be at least another month has gone by since. The... She could have been. She could have been three or four months pregnant. <laughs> she would have known by then. But you know, well, not necessarily. But she could have been. You know, a few months pregnant and had a baby, and then you know, be a month old. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm glad they didn't go there. She got out of town to go to have the baby. No, she didn't know. Like she didn't know when she left, but then she found out, and you know when she was gone. <laughs> I'm writing the whole whole thing in my head, but yeah, right. I'm glad it wasn't it. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, the, she has to go with him on his errands because he doesn't want to actually sit and talk with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, at, at at the auto place where he's dropping off the hearse, um, we find out that Brenda really didn't even know if he lived and and had to actually do a quick hang-up call to make sure that he uh, lived through the whole surgery. So um, I think that's, you know, between her, you know, sleeping with every guy in the world 
and you know how that relationship ended and then just i don't you know he didn't know that he she did that hang-up call so all this time he might have had in the back of his mind like she doesn't even care about me she didn't even care if i lived through that she Mm -hmm, never attempted to find out so it it could be the reason why well and she's got the crazy element i mean to be fair to him when she reappeared i guess he doesn't really know what he's in for Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right? Or what like where she's at, right? He doesn't know what she's been up to, so yeah. he's he's does look weary and I can see why. Uh hmm. so in the next scene we're actually driving a car. <laughs> and uh it, it, as compared to other scenes where we're sitting in front of a green screen in a car. <laughs> you can actually see the car like uh reflected in windows as it goes by. And uh yeah, the writer um Eric Clapton um Sticks um, says that uh, he he remembers like that was like a long shoot. Basically, it's him and like a camera operator like shoved in the back seat of that car, like going up and down, you know, trying to capture things rehearsing and yeah. (laughs) I hate scenes that are driving in a car like that when people are having a conversation (laughs) because they like the drivers constantly. Not looking at the road, looking at the person who they're talking to. And I I spend the whole time thinking, is this when they get in a wreck? Is this when they get in a wreck? Because, of course, if they were doing that in real life, they would totally get in a wreck. Yeah. I mean, they look away from the road so long (laughs) that they should be, like, through a building or something. It's ridiculous. I hate it. Yeah, there actually is a a bit of feedback that talks about that. I'll I'll save it for that. Um because it's priceless. Um, so yeah, Olivier is screaming at the traffic, and then he gets to talking about, uh, I, you know, he his his thoughts go by so like he's rattling off so quickly that I didn't, I don't know, I don't even know if I caught all this, but he he apparently had an affair with an old married woman named Astra, and I think he said he almost almost did. Had almost an did okay almost he was smitten he was sm- okay. Yeah. And that all uh, he talks about infidelity and, you know, Claire's like, cool. And he says, no, that, you know, all betrayal is tragic mm-hmm. and that he hates. I wear some, my sunglasses at night for some reason, because it's you should put that heart. at the end of the song. Put, put that at the end of the show. Oh, I'll yeah. strike that one off the list now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not going to be that, too. OK. Yeah. Cross it out, Ron. I'm going to leave you with no choices. You're going to have to just be creative. It's just going to be Admiral Akbar. That's all it's going to be. It's because it's a song that was you playing when they met. You yes, should put right. Admiral Akbar at the end of the show. No! You took that away, too. That's a trap. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're back with Nate and Brenda. Nate's showing Brenda a picture of Maya. Um, we find out that Brenda took a tour of Santa Fe, Austin, Tahoe, and she's just trying to find a place to make her feel better. And now she's staying at Margaret's and she says it's the hardest thing she's ever had to do in her life. So my guess that she was Oceanside and someone's nice condo was completely wrong. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Rats. So the mechanic says it's going to be a little longer. So Brenda invites him for a drink and now we're at the panic room. And okay. that place, the name does not match the interior. <laughs> no, true. but it, 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 it but it matches um, our hero's inner landscape <laughs> as yeah. he's yes. trapped. <laughs> yep. 
And Nate starts talking about how great marriage and fatherhood is. And then he's like, oh, well, it's hard. It's not easy. Not everything can be perfect. And when he thinks about it as prison, he starts to remind himself about how safe he is. And uh, Brenda says that being alone is actually prison. Uh, it's because all you have to do is spend time with yourself. But it's not bad if you're interesting, but nobody else, nobody is actually that interesting. Okay, oh my yeah, God. Can I just... Oh, um, all right. I've been married 20 years, and I can honestly tell you from my heart, I have never once thought that i was in prison so yeah yeah oh my god mm-hmm. yeah that's people not think good. it's normal no well, I, was in a, it, I, I was in a not good marriage and i never thought i was in a prison <laughs> thank you <laughs> i think that's what he's thinking i think he's thinking this is normal you know and but he's I, trying to convince I, himself at least i agree with what brenda was saying about being alone mm-hmm. in prison and uh you're not as interesting as you you know, <laughs> see, I don't. I'm the most entertaining person I know, <laughs> and I, I, I've you know dated on and off over the years. I've never been married. I've been in some long, long relationships, but I really thrive on my alone time. I mean, everybody's different. So both of them, yeah, all, everything they were saying to both of them just sounded like they're miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and been alone a long time now and it's a prison it's a fucking prison and there's no escape i'm not getting parole apparently (laughs) (laughs) well i will say yeah at times i i'm envious of people because when i think they touch upon it there when you're left to yourself it's not just that no one's that interesting it's that you're your own worst enemy and you're kill yourself and beat yourself up. And there is no escape from that. So it's yeah, nice and, to have and, a distraction. But. Well, it's nice when somebody's got your back and when you need bolstering, they're there. Right. Right. And you're interesting for a while, but after <laughs> many, many years, many years, you get to be like, shut the fuck up, self. No one wants to hear it. Uh, I think Brenda has, we, we've touched on this, I think, numerous times. She's always been so introspective to a fault. Mm. And... um. It sounds like she's starting to recognize that a little bit. So maybe there's some hope for her. I really think, you know, Brenda spends a lot of time in her own head and she has, she tries to figure things out and find solutions to things because she's so damn smart. And uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I love it. But I have a really dear friend who overthinks everything. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I love her to death, but, you know, she ends up in places of inertia because she spends so much time looking at all the angles. And I always say that to her, you're analyzing it to death. Like, come on, just... (laughs) act at some point (laughs) so uh just to get a little tinge of remembering how this all ended the waiter walks up and you see that he notices (laughs) brenda and has Mm -hmm. a little grin on his face and Mm -hmm. nate notices the waiter noticing and brenda is looking a little um uncomfortable Mm-hmm. Who does that when somebody, you know, when it's, they're clearly there together. They may not be a couple, but most likely you're going to think they are mm-hmm. because they're, you know, they're there. Who's going to, you're going to leer at the woman while she's with a man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a loser. Well, I, you know, who knows? I, I sort of got the impression that, oh, they've, they've hooked up before. Those yeah. two have been. Mm. Yeah, they've already, they've already gone there, you know? Yeah. That's what you wonder about. After all, she's been in town for two months. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've, the reason why Brenda brought Nate out is because she really wants to apologize. Not only just apologize, but she looks like she's working through some sort of uh, 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 
self-help program. Yeah, like a 12-step program. She's at the making amends stage, Mm -hmm. it seems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm very disappointed in her. (laughs) Well, you know, when she was wild and loose and smoking pot and banging everybody, we kind of hoped that she was going to get herself straightened out. So Yeah. And it doesn't look like she's not sitting there talking about the architecture of... uh, herself the, 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 so the it's not the plan, plan. <laughs> yeah but she's not with nate anymore so she can be wild and crazy she's more interesting <laughs> that way <laughs> to serve the show maybe but if you want anything any you know brenda to turn out okay you know you don't want her to be like just banging college dudes and smoking weed and it's a tv show it doesn't matter if she turns out okay <laughs> Okay, but we okay. have to pretend they're <laughs> real, a real when we're person. watching it, you see. Uh, oh, we do? <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> uh, that's why, uh, yeah, um, there hasn't been any, like, murderous rampages or dragons. Um, I know, that's really what the show's lacking. <laughs> dragons? I agree. Yeah. Dragons would be great. <laughs> well, then, you know, we can... Eat Maya. <laughs> we can, I was going to say, we can turn to Game of Thrones for our dragons. Yes. And... We'll be okay. Okay, spoilers. Um, <laughs> so uh, we have a couple of quick scenes here. We have Olivia Bab- Olivier ba- babbling on about how he failed at life and relationships. I, I didn't, again, I was just like, whatever. Did, did anybody get anything out of this scene that you wanted? No. Okay. No, just that he's very self-absorbed. Yeah. Extremely, yes. Um, Keith gets a, is sitting there in his car listening to The Roots, and we see kind of a... Uh, what Keith's normal job is like, just kind of sitting in this car waiting for something to happen. And, you know, it's just not rewarding at all. Um, but he gets Boring. to listen to the roots. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, he gets a call. I don't know who that is. It's a band. You'll hear you should put the roots at the end of the show. Put the roots at the end of the, the, of the, the podcast. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Keith gets a call about a break in. And then we get this cute little scene where Ruth is just sitting patiently in her room waiting for the clock to turn seven. <laughs> I love it. That's so sad. Talk about a prisoner. <laughs> yeah. Quintessential <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> Prison of her, uh, her own construction, as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have uh, Keith arriving to the house. The, the police, the, pol- the real police are there. Um, mm-hmm. And they say it was looked mm-hmm. like an inside job. And uh, and then they kind of scoff, saying, you guys sure you're going to be all right locking up on your own? And, and then, then Silas Weir Mitchell. Yes. I love him. Um, Dion, the character's name is, uh, comes out. He hates cops. And then he asks him if he wants a drink. So, yeah, we have a uh, – you remember – we remember where we've seen Silas Weir Mitchell before? Prison break. Yeah. Grim. Haywire Other in stuff. Prison Break. He was Donnie and My Name is Earl. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's in Grimm now. I don't watch that show. But... He is. He's the best part of Grimm, actually. Oh, good. He's really he's really uh, talented at being completely looking like he's unhinged. Yes, yes. Um, I, I loved him in Prison Break because he was a little bit crazy. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, David has a great solo and he gets a little smile from Terry. Hmm. Um, and then we go back to Lisa and Nate and we see how far Lisa's crazy is going. 
Oh my god. She says she put her finger on a nail when she heard Nate come in, and she has no idea... I mean, apparently a ghost pushed her. Uh, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Stupid hippies. The, the haunting is now <laughs> happening <laughs> at Fisher and Diaz. And that she twisted her ankle earlier while she was actually looking for him. And, uh, yeah, uh, apparently this is around the same time uh, Nate was actually asking Brenda, or going out for a drink with Brenda. Drink with Brenda. I think it just shows us how obsessed Lisa is with Nate. Mm. The mother brain. They're all connected. (laughs) (laughs) But at least he told her that he, you know, went out with Brenda and he didn't hide it from her. So that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So uh, the writer actually says, you know, here again, he's empathizing with Lisa. You know, he really feels for Lisa. He says that Lisa is unconsciously feeling shoved out of the way and she also might be hurting herself for attention. Well, yeah, I wouldn't okay. be surprised. Yeah. But that all. doesn't make me empathize with her. That makes me no. call her wacko. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's yes, writer's a douche. Thank you. Thank you. He created Wonderful Tonight. I don't understand. But he's got a <laughs> twisted view of reality, man. Um, <laughs> What's healthy? Yeah. Holy crap. Well, maybe when he was writing this, he was doing too much cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Des. I'm gonna ruin every fucking song for you since you wouldn't give me the one I wanted. Think of every song. Anyway, every song you just have. Just have the riff playing in the background through this section, okay? That'd be good. Now I can't do that. All right, so uh, it's off. (laughs) I like to surprise people. What's wrong with that? Why can't you just enjoy the element of surprise? I like to enjoy. the music at the end and crank up the you know crank up the volume and sing along but you know so when you put too weird. songs on it that i don't know yeah i can't sing along all right right lady gaga will be at the end <laughs> all right so, you should totally do that yeah darn it no, i can't uh so yeah uh lisa is a bit upset by this news that nate went out with brenda <laughs> And Nate thought oh, hey, it was a bit decent of her to apologize. And Lisa says, you know, that he wished he approached it better. That maybe he, instead of just going out with her, he should have brought her over to the house and introduced them. And, you know, maybe had a chat together. Maybe. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I think it's completely reasonable. That that, that I, one part. I, I'm sure, you know, I, I guess it's reasonable that, um, you know, she should, he should have said something, you know, before he went or introduced them or something. Yeah, I'm, that's probably reasonable. But being a person who doesn't have to worry about anybody else in my life, I do what the fuck I want. So, <laughs> well, I, I, you know what? I actually see it a little bit differently. I think he was so taken aback at Brenda's sudden appearance and he didn't know where it was headed. Yeah. And I think his head was totally into that. And yeah. he needed to sort it through first. So I don't begrudge him yeah. not having, like, dragged her upstairs. Hi, here's my wife, Lisa. Like, I, I'm not so sure what he did was so bad. No. I, yeah, I uh, didn't think so either. No, I think it's, I think she's crazy. <laughs> I don't, yeah. can I ask you permission? He told her that should be good enough. Yeah, and, I agree. And I think, and he was very upfront. He told her right away. He didn't keep it a little evil secret. So, yeah. you know, give him kudos yeah. for that, Lisa. Yeah, yeah I guess, definitely. I guess so. But, it, you know, what, what I liked about it was that she wasn't like 
you need to go out. You need to call me and ask permission. She was just like, well, how about you could have, maybe you could have tried it this way, you know, to try to get it. Then again, I kind of see that just because of the character, maybe in normal circumstances, but because of her, I still see it as passive aggressive behavior. Yeah. I still see it as trying to manipulate and control the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, what, you know, if she wasn't so cray cray, what would you do? (laughs) Well, if she wasn't so cray, I mean, you know, I've, you know, if you're going to be in this situation, you go talk to an ex girlfriend or whatever. And, you're upfront and honest about it. Of course, that other person is absolutely going to be upset and you talk it through. But yeah. I would kind of be weirded out by Lisa's reaction. If it, you should, <laughs> you should tell me what you're doing at all times. <laughs> Don't make any moves. Yeah, about. like I okay, because I had a, an old friend uh, contact me and say, "Hey, I'm going to be in town. Do you want to get together for lunch?" And um, then my husband actually came with us, but it wasn't like, I mean, I already said yes before I told my husband this person was coming. It was more like, well, of course I will. And then we'll see what we can figure out. You know, it's, it's, it was, it's just a, not that big a deal. This is a more sensitive situation. This is a girl that uh, Nate had a really torrid relationship with and, and then ended up like that, you know, that all happened with Lisa and within the now, same thing. How do you know my relationship was torrid, Robin? He cheated on Brent. He cheated on Brenda with Lisa. Uh-huh. So what's to say he won't cheat on Lisa with someone else? Right. Right. Especially Brenda. She I should be worried about her. that. He was going to marry her. So I think I think it's totally warranted for I – mean, it's <laughs> anybody else who was just some, some dude or whatever. No. Or, or even some girl that was just kind of like a friend. You know? Well, you make a good point there in that it's actually Brenda. It's not some other yeah, woman. Right. It's more true. Don't ask me permission for anybody perfect. else, but – I mean, yeah. Don't ask I, Lisa this, would but... want permission for anybody. That's what yeah. I think. <laughs> She's like, that. well, I think what okay, what he should have done actually is given her the time right then and there for the conversation, and not dragged her around on his errands. Yeah. And then that's something you don't have to ask permission for. She dropped by. Ambushed. We had a conversation. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. So or even that's like what happened. or or like, hey, listen, I got to do some errands. Um, how about I? How about I? You know, I get your digits. Right, and I'll we call you, later. and we'll meet up, and and uh, in the meantime, you know, I'm gonna we'll talk to my wife and see what she thinks, and see, you know, let her know. Every, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I suppose I just still think when you're in the moment, you don't see all the angles. Sometimes yeah, that's true. Right. I mean, that's I, right. I think yeah. But I, does that makes a lot of sense? He could have just taken the time then and bucked up and gotten the conversation over yeah. with. Well, what do you right, want? he should have done that. Yeah, <laughs> but we're men, so maybe Nate was thinking. Ooh, Ooh, little side salad. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you come do some errands with me? Yes. Because his other brain is always thinking. <laughs> they, they, should right. have by, uh, they should have stopped by Nate Sr.'s little room. Oh, Damn straight. Let's remember. Oh, there should have been more Nate Sr. in this. There should have been some at least. Anyway, um, so Dion is uh, pouring drinks for Keith in the uh, the house that was just ransacked or robbed, and uh, uh, Dion is looking around and he's getting really annoyed at rich people, and then he ends up flicking a little late a little vase over, and Keith has a laugh about it, knocks over a little knickknack, and then Dion takes it a bit too far and smashes the glass <laughs> that he's drinking out, and he's like, "Let's fuck shit up," and uh, <laughs> then he knocks his lamp over, and Keith attacks him and and punches him a couple times in the side and shakes the shit out of him until uh Dion gets some you know pleads for him to stop. Hmm. Gee, I wonder if Dion was the one who did the inside job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, um yeah, uh on the commentary uh, uh 
the writer said that filming this scene was a little weird because Silas Weir Mitchell got a bit nervous and upset when the fight got a little off choreography. Um, and uh, I guess Matthew St. Patrick, guy who plays Keith, um, really kind of like, I don't know, I'm, he must have been in the moment or something. And yep. They had to... Like, got a little rough. Got a little rough. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, they did the scene, but Silas was a little pissed off about about how it went. So Silas is a bit of a pussy. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Buck up, sissy boy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we go to the, after the whole choir recital or whatever, the concert, uh, uh, David is apologizing to Terry and he talks about how that was a time in his life that was really difficult and slutty. Slutty. <laughs> yes. I believe the word they used was sleazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terry's like, yeah, he felt sleazy. He didn't feel so pretty. <laughs> um, so, but but the cool thing about Terry is he's very he was forgiving, and he's just kind of don't worry about it. You know, he looks like he's going to be a good friend to uh, David. And uh, David asks him if he's uh, jerked off anybody else in the course, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apparently he has. <laughs> That made me giggle. <laughs> uh, I like this scene because I like seeing David getting more comfortable with his sexuality yeah. and all that. Yeah. It's good. Robin, you were in, in chorus in high school, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and you go to Sears, don't you, Robin? <laughs> wow, imagine the connection. Oh, all right, so uh, we're back to Keith and Dion, and Dion cannot believe this. Keith freaked out like that. Keith tells him to pack his things up and get out. And uh, Dion asks if he's ever been a cop. And Keith says no. And Dion says, well, I think Liar. he's got a lot of shit to deal with. And he leaves and Keith cleans up a bit. I think Keith freaked himself out a bit there. Yeah. Just a tad. So at the wake, um, we, it's the next day and David is starting to doze off and Nate has to nudge him. And hmm. apparently David was up a bit late. Um, so uh, Will Jaffe's friend is up there eulogizing him. And he's talking about how Will was the lucky one. He never got bald or he never got flabby. And you, you mean Ted Mosby? Oh, you're going to go for it right now? Ted Mosby. Yes, I am. <laughs> I saw the picture. I was like, look at Ted Mosby rocking that porn stash. I, no <laughs> I didn't even recognize him from the picture. But when they actually showed him, I was like, holy shit. That is Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother, Ted Mosby. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, the writer actually talked about how, like, um, they are all uh, – Josh Radner, uh, Rain Wilson, um, Michael C. Hall, and Peter Kraza are all, like, NYU students. Or, and so it was kind of like a NYU fest there <laughs> um, for that episode. So, yeah. All right, so <laughs> – People are people are listening. What's that? No, you are like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Go whatever. We just exploded our fan base right there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we see Lisa finding the receipt to the panic room and looking a little. Okay, why? I have a question. Why I don't, is she getting upset? Thanks. I don't understand. She, she, he's told her. He it. said, "Yeah, they went to her a drink. He was right. up for the." She sees the name of the restaurant. I look. I even. I even paused the screen uh-huh. to see what was ordered, and there was a, a Heineken and a coffee, 
and and uh, a shrimp cocktail, and it's like, okay, what part of this bill is making you get the frowny face? It was a sixteen dollar yeah, shrimp it. cocktail. I'll, I'll say it's a what? what? A sixteen dollar shrimp cocktail. Do you think it was the money? I don't think it was the Might money. Part of it. I don't think it is either. I just I don't talked think it was to him about it this, was like and he decided to go ahead and um, you know do his own thing with Brenda. No, the face is the face is not about the money. That face is about oh my god, I've lost my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he, but oh, she already knew. Her. So, so yeah, I didn't get that at all either. I mean, but, it's not like she found it and just realized that he went to drinks hmm. with Brenda. He, she knew about it. Yeah. So are we missing something? Like, I think it's something? the. It's, I think it's the combination of. I asked him to do this. I asked him to behave, and not only did he not behave. But he did this with Brenda, and now it's really – she's actually looking at it on, on paper. Like like it's re- – she's really like – I don't know. Okay, that, Maybe that it was a $7 tip. Is. Maybe she thought he tipped too high or too low. I don't know. But that helps so, you. Did she ask him to behave? What is he, her dog? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. Fuck Lisa. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so she has a little cry. So we're saying goodbye to Bettina in the next scene. Ruth is very sad that she's losing Bettina, who needs to go take care of her daughter for a few months in Montana. Uh, the one that was she in the cult, coming... apparently. Mm. Um, uh, who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. I know you're not going to answer me. Lynn, is she ever coming back? <laughs> <laughs> Lynn? Do you know what this is like? This is like the unruly child, and when one parent doesn't give her what she wants, she goes to the other parent. Uh, ask your father. Oh. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, I can't spoil. I can't spoil. But, uh, yeah, it's not going to be for a long time because, you know, it looks like Ruth's really sad. Was, apparently, you know, it's a few months that they said. Well, when Ruth gives her that little hug from behind on the stairs, Ooh. I thought, wow, because Ruth is not a spontaneous, huggy kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, girl loving is coming. <laughs> I yep. thought it was sweet. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they, that, that happens while they're spying on Arthur from the stairs because Ruth told Bettina they have mm-hmm. to wait seven more minutes for coffee. And we see Arthur <laughs> when nobody else is watching <laughs> the way he is. And I just oh, like the words. Bettina says to, uh, to Ruth, doll, you got to learn how to make your own fun. Yeah. Yes. I thought, good, that is what I wanted her to get out of you. So I hope maybe, maybe Ruth learns a little bit. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, she is that pushy element in this about the coffee. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm glad, like, you know, I was a little worried about it. and But I'm glad she kind of dialed, dialed it back um, mm-hmm. with the whole, well, uh, you know, I'm really not going to just take over this whole situation. I'm going to sit back on the stairs and we're going to make fun of Arthur. It's going to be funny. <laughs> Oh, I think I swallowed my tongue. <laughs> uh, we go back to the wake, and Diane is eulogizing about how much uh, her son would have gotten from Will. And Will mm-hmm. is there uh, standing next to Nate, and he's like, This is bullshit. You know, I wouldn't have done anything I, to this kid. I could not take him seriously because all I saw was Mosby. <laughs> <laughs> I was just staring at that mustache the whole time. It was awesome. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I totally <laughs> forgot. Like, I was like, I was really excited for you guys to see Raid Wilson appear, Brenda to reappear. But I totally was like, at the towards the end of the episode, I was like, holy shit! And Ted Mosby is in this episode. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, 
Lenny, you ever seen How I Met Your Mother? Uh, I, yes. Okay. Not religiously watched. I have not religiously watched. <laughs> well, you know what we're talking books. about, though, right? Yes. And, <laughs> and just just to, to, to let you know, Ted on How I Met Your Mother, Mo, uh, Ted Mosby, is also a douche. <laughs> hey, he's a romantic. Uh, uh, he is the most annoying character on that show. Hey. I guess out of the four, I suppose he's the most annoying. So, um, all right, but that doesn't mean he's he's bad. Um, he's not Lisa or anything. Um, or yeah, no, he's not that bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, Will, it's like hey, this bullshit about the whole like he, my son would have gotten so much out of this. I uh, the accident was the best for everybody involved, and he's not going to be around to fuck up his kid's life like Nate is going to do to Maya. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, you are so fucking trapped. And uh, Nate says, hey, 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 who is it? Who is it? You know, and um, Will tells him, look me in the eyes and say, you don't want to get in that car and start driving mm-hmm. and never look back. Come on. I dare you. Shit. I want to do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, at, at art class, uh, Claire didn't hear Russell yelling for her. And uh, he says, hey, funny thing, we need to actually go to this rehearsal dinner, too. And Claire says, I don't think we should date. Russell says, oh, I was thinking that, too. No. (laughs) Oh, man. No, you liar. Poor um, poor Russell. This really upsets me because I think this is the first time that there's actually an appropriate person for Claire to date who Mm. cares about her. And she'll have a good healthy relationship with and eh, she's not going for it so okay i mean so she agrees to go on a date with russell she has this experience with olivier and now she's not going to go on a date with russell what do you guys think about russell is in the friend zone that's the problem no i don't think so i i think uh, Mm -hmm. olivier actually said something in the car about if you really the the old adage if you really love something let it go Mm. or or in his case it was you know i I think uh, paraphrasing as an artist you will ruin your creativity if you let yourself fall in love with another person I, yeah, I, I think so I, think, I think she's totally influenced by Olivier at this point because she's blinded to some of his self self absorption, right? Um, and so she's thinking he's older and wiser and trying to help her, and she's believing him, right? Um, she's right. not following her own instinct about Russell, which I think is a shame. Yeah, but I don't think she was. She's as into Russell as he is into her, anyway. You know what I mean? So for her, I don't think it's that big of a sacrifice. Well, do you remember when they were on the bed together and we both got the sense she was waiting for him to kiss her? Like, I I don't know. I think she's... Yeah, but waiting for a guy to kiss you and being totally into a guy are two different things. I know. That, <laughs> is, know? that is absolutely true because I've been waiting for Robin to kiss me for... Haven't we talk about this? Haven't we all? I've been waiting for years, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jesus. Uh... All right. Well, I, we feel better if I say I haven't. Uh, <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to say you were, uh, and uh, all of a sudden now I'm feeling really weird and queasy. 
And I just I don't know what to do with these oh, feelings. Oh, so does it make you queasy that I want to kiss you, Robin? Ouch! I, I, it's not. It's not like you make me sick. It's I'm really feeling uncomfortable, and that um, you know affects uh, my ulcer. <laughs> And that's why we do it. To make what? You uncomfortable. I was going to say, what would, what would an episode be without making you uncomfortable at least once? <laughs> exactly. We strive for perfection. So we Ruth get is off. hungry and decides to join Arthur for a little frittata. Uh, they hear a snap. Arthur and Ruth look at this dead mouse. Arthur feels terrible, They but they carry germs and they are terrible and they deserve to die. Arthur's the man that if she were younger, she should have married. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, that would have been oh so fucking boring to watch that. Relationship. Oh, God. so funny though. Uh, they are of the same mind. Uh, so I think uh, Arthur's Arthur's right at home now. I think I think they're that's a good that's a good. Uh, I don't know. I'm I, I'm looking forward. They're to They're gonna be frenzies. I, I yeah. Like an icebreaker, you mean, or something? Or yeah, the whole the whole trap thing and the whole she decides to eat with him. You know, at least now we're going to be comfortable with each other. You know, that's just some weird stranger living in my house. Kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, she, he's not exactly um, making the same impression that uh, uh, what's her face uh, the. The other. Oh, uh, yes. The, fir- the first mortuary assistant yes. person. What was her name? Like Teresa or. I forget what her name is. I can't even remember uh, her name. Ileana Cardenas. Isn't that her real name? Yeah. Yeah. Ileana Douglas? Douglas. Douglas. Yes. Douglas. I knew. I went to school with an Ileana Cardenas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, David's home for lunch. Keith is waking up from his morning nap. So it looks like we're, he's a little depressed. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was in late, he was out past 11. Um, and apparently he was driving around thinking about things and he says his temporary job is starting to feel a little bit too permanent and it's time to make a move. Um, Go Keith. Yeah. yeah. Good. Do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they both had this, uh, this, uh, strange night and they're kind of keeping it from each other. Healthy. Hmm. I'm not so sure it's completely bad. I think it'll come out later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I I think they're still, um, what's the word? Uh, Processing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In Canada, they say process. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What do you say there, Rob? Process. Processing. Processing. (laughs) (laughs) And you say, what did you say? Vase or vase? Oh, I go back and forth because I have, I have a, Vase? Vase My is mother's just English, so <laughs> I go back and forth on okay. the Um So Nate is out cruising with Will, smoking a cigarette and screaming at the top of their lungs. I love this God, scene. That's, I wanted to do that so bad. <laughs> Me too. I wanted to be in the car with them. Uh, turns, I like to do that. It turns out he's actually just outside the, the house and uh, he puts a cigarette out and he stares at the house for a moment and then he walks in and turns the light out. Trapped. Back to prison. <laughs> you, as the door closes, you hear like clink. <laughs> it should have been. They should have had that sound effect. <laughs> All right. So uh, that was the episode. And let's take a quick break here to hear from our friends at Saturday B Movie Reel. Hi, this is Kevin Batchelder. 
And this is the Saturday B movie reel. Shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> that about describes it. Yeah. All right, everybody, stay here. We look specifically at the Sci-Fi Channel's original movies. You know the ones, the ones that air on Saturday night. Be known throughout the ages as an instant classic. <laughs> we need a bigger gator. A uh, limb cutting yes. and blood squirting from <laughs> flying limbs. I called them. it in my notes. What could go wrong? We look on a regular basis at the movies as they come out, and since they've been over two hundred of them, we do go back and look at many of them that are now out on DVD. By this point, I had completely forgotten any semblance of seeing if this actually makes any sense from a plot point of view. So come on by, get involved, and have some fun. Check us out at SaturdayBMovieReel.com. Our future depends on it. Make it safe. And we're back. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, Saturday B Movie Reel. Check it out. Um, and uh, we're on to the next segment called Fisher of the Week. We're running a little long talking about uh, this episode, so I think we should uh, really kind of... Just give our feelings real quick and move along because we have some feedback as well. So, uh, Len, you're you're our guest uh, today, so we always let our guests go first in these. So, what do you think your Fisher of the Week was and why? I uh, Nate, just because I, I I'm I feel very badly for the guy. Mm-hmm. I uh, he's obviously trapped, and I want to see him get out of this funk and fix his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Des? Um, Lisa. Just kidding. Whoa, <laughs> I was going to say. Whoa. I don't know. Uh, they're all kind of lame this week. Uh, I'm going to just pick David because he has a nice sordid past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Moira? All right. I'm, I'm going with David because he lets loose and sings his little hearts out. Instead, or his heart out instead of uh, being so reserved all the time, and he admits his his past with Terry, and I think that's just a little more sign of him coming into his own, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so I'm picking him. Yeah, I I like the idea that uh, uh, Nate is starting to see the bars around him, but unfortunately he's he's not quite springing free from them, um, so I have to go with David as well. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a small story. It's not the, the most important thing. As a matter of fact, uh, the writer said that, uh, Eric Clapton said that, um, he, when he was writing, writing this episode, he had no idea what to do with David for this episode. Um, he knew that he wanted to do the, the concert scene, but, um, he, he really, he needed a little arc for David for the episode and, um, even originally they were, they, they were both supposed to, both David and Keith were supposed to go out and have fun on their own. And, uh, as it turned out, Keith ends up having like kind of a dark moment and, uh, David has this weird conflicted moment. So, um, but, and, uh, yeah, the writer actually apparently was at a play and it was so awful and so boring that during that play, he thought about he figured out what he was going to do with David for the episode. So that's the story he tells. <laughs> he he was actually at Sears. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, handy in the bathroom. I'll give it to David uh, because uh, yeah, I think he he's he's doing the best out of all four of them right now. Um, so let's go to our next segment, which is listener eulogies. It's our feedback section, and we have some feedback today. Who wants to go first? 
Can I do Tammy's? Sure. Okie dokie, from our lovely friend Tammy, who is on Carnicast. 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 Anyhow. We haven't mentioned Carnicast this entire episode. Holy cow. Carnicast. Carnicast. (laughs) Oh, we've been (laughs) remiss. All right. Hello, Underoos. I must admit, I like this episode and the last. I'm getting used to this reality. Maybe it's due to the addition of Rain Wilson. Yay! I knew he was on this show, so I was excited to finally see him show up. I love his character. And is it me or are Bettina and Ruth? No, and is it me or no? She just say R twice. Are Bettina and Ruth are getting closer and closer? <laughs> On to other peeps. Hey, look! It's the only character I like in Grimm as a jerky craze rent a cop. <laughs> That's right, Keith. Now's the time to take out your anger on somebody. Oh, and did I mention Brenda's back? Moira and Des must be so excited. I thought she seemed like yes. she was hiding stuff, but I guess so was Nate. And how about Claire's irritating professor? I was glad when he was first on the scene to at least inspire Claire, but he has become rather manipulative. I like yes. the idea of Claire and Russell together, and at no time did I think he was gay. Maybe I missed something. Claire. Nor did I. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Claire, do what you want. Stop listening to this stupid, crazy teacher. Anyway, <laughs> can't wait to hear what you guys think. Your carny pal, Tammy. Thank you, Tammy. <laughs> says carmy pal, actually. She's a part, oh, Carmi. She's a, sorry, she's a part of the Carmi. Sorry, sorry, I misread. <laughs> the Enderus will defeat you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who wants to read uh, Linda? I'll read Linda, that's fine. Um, Linda says, <laughs> So glad I found you guys. Found the show early 2001 because I'm a huge Dexter slash, Mi- slash Michael C. Hall fan. And was actually researching his background when I found Six Feet Under and totally loved it. Wish I could have found you sooner, but sooner is better than later. Not a Facebook person and never will be. So keep podcasting for me on Six Feet Under. And if you do cover Dexter, I'm all ears. (laughs) Linda. Um, Sorry, we won't be doing Dexter. But um, uh, I can recommend a podcast called Dissecting Dexter. Um, which is apparently going through Dexter as well, um, like like the same way we are. So check them out. Our, I have a link to them on um, our page, fishercast.blogspot.com. And Des, do you want to read uh, Matt's feedback? Sure. Sure. Uh, it's a trap. The trap spoilers. And thank you for putting that, Matt, yeah. because I knew not to read it. Because <clears throat> uh, I don't watch the episode until right before we record. <laughs> Um, okay. Hey, FisherCast, some stray observations from the trap. Of the many ways I don't want to go out, I definitely don't want to in a way where my loved ones won't find me for decades, if at all. I'll take a comfortable deathbed surrounded by loved ones. I agree. Schmoes B. Well, one of the fun things about catching up on older shows on older shows is even ones from a few years ago will have people in the early days of their careers. More on that later. I guess they didn't show the opening death because it would have taken over seven seasons to get there. <laughs> uh, uh, I haven't been watching the show with you guys, just listening. And on the note of familiar faces, Rickety Cricket from It's Always Sunny is in David's Choir. Man, Lisa is awful. And although I have problems with the show, I never had any issues with Maya. <laughs> yeah, Len, I, uh, Dave, uh, He's not Des, a baby hater. Des has huge problems with Maya. Huge problems. That baby ruined the show. Um, (laughs) Of course, the big one, Rain Wilson, the 
is Arthur. Arthur is basically Dwight without the malice. Being familiar with the show first, when they announced Rain Wilson was going to be on the U.S. office as the Gareth stand-in, my first response was, of course. Um, <laughs> anyone else get a certain Fight Club vibe with the, the Ruth Bettina bit? <laughs> nice. Uh, overall, not a great episode, but nothing too terrible. I'd give it 7 out of 10 trips to the mall that somehow didn't involve turning or red lights. Seriously, that is has to be one of the smoothest car rides I've seen on a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was I referring to earlier. Yeah, it's just they're just kind of talking and rolling along. Like, like I don't. It's like they're rolling through a suburb or something. It's downtown LA. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's it for feedback. Uh, what happened to Brad Couples? Oh, he's got a big movie to watch this weekend, so it's probably very very distracted by that. So. Uh, he, he does. Yes, he's got to watch Fire Walk yeah. with me. Oh, you're just, you're just, you know, tooting your own horn again, aren't you, Robin? My own horn. It's their. But they said with you. No. I don't get it. He's watching Fire Walk with you. No. <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm assuming you made some podcast. The name, the name, the name, the the name of the movie. The name of the movie is Fire Walk. Oh, with sorry. He's, just, he's, no he's watching Fire Walk with me. <laughs> It's a Twin Peaks thing. Totally unexpected. It's a what thing? Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Oh, okay. That's why I'm totally oblivious. Sorry, whatever. I'm glad my ignorance was amusing. (laughs) (laughs) You really haven't seen anything, have you? Well, I have to perform some role, you know. Uh, uh, that was hilarious. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get on. To, uh, let's get on to our last rights, our final thoughts on the episode and the ratings. So, why don't we start with Moira this time? And <laughs> okay, so this episode it was okay. Yeah, you know, I feel like this is one of those setup episodes where we're getting all of our people into position to have other things suddenly burst into action later, you know? So it, it wasn't in and of itself all that scintillating. Um, and the art teacher's annoying me the way he's influencing Claire because I had hopes for her and her own, uh, coming into her own from the last time. So that's kind of ticking me off. Anyway, overall, I'm going to give it, um, I guess because of David doing some positive things within himself and because Nate and Lisa are, are hurtling toward a precipice and their car is going to go over into a canyon soon. Yay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it seven out of 10 fantasy road trips. Nice. <laughs> Des. Okay. Like Moira said, this episode was okay. Um, I, uh, Lisa and Maya did not get caught in a trap, so it loses points for me there. (laughs) Um, But Brenda's back, so that's good. Even though she's a little boring, um, hopefully she'll get more interesting as, you know, more she's back. Um, I'm going to give this, um, I'll give it five out of ten handies in the Sears bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and Len, do you have a rating system for us? Sure, I uh, I agree with everybody. It's just a, it's a filler episode setting up bigger things to come. Um, so I guess I'll give it uh, six out of ten. Gay men in a choir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'm sorry for your your podcasting uh, cherry being popped on such a non-eventful episode. No, I, I was great to, for me, it was fine to come back and watch the show. 
Awesome. <laughs> and I, and I'd love to have you on again in the future. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have our, Oh, my rating. Sorry. <laughs> I like the episode. Yeah. Arthur's here. Uh, we had a little bit of a Tina. We got, mm-hmm. we got, uh, um, we, we have, uh, Lisa hurting herself twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> And of course, the lovely Brenda is back, and uh, we're—it's it, like the dun 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 of <laughs> six feet under. She's been gone for almost five episodes, and now she's back, and we're gonna see some shit go down. I'm sure because Brenda doesn't—Brenda doesn't just like peacefully coexist with people, does she? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, she, doesn't, she doesn't ruffle any feathers ever. Uh, so I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. Have you met Ted's? Uh, and uh so let's move on to finishing this up uh let's bury this bar mitzvah jacket all right nice (laughs) that one was very topical thank you Mm -hmm. um uh, uh, actually uh let's ask len uh quickly uh where can we find you on the internet people are interested in you and your work uh anything we can do sure contact sure yep thanks um it's business. No, uh, <laughs> building website currently. So right now the best place would be on Facebook and it's Leonard W. Kenyon, New England author. Excellent. You search that on Facebook. I'm sure to pop up. Yeah. And he's in Bennington. If you want to come see me, hang out with Lenny, me, it's fine. Uh, right now we're working through the walking. I dead would season love that. Two, um, and some misfits. And, yeah. Uh, Save me, Barry. What? Save me, Barry. Save me, Barry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Skylar's boyfriend, Skylar's new boyfriend's name is Barry, so I'm constantly saying that to her. <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyway, let's let's finish this up. Des, continue. <laughs> okay. Okay. You can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. Leave us a voicemail at 541-2-EMBALM and visit us on the Faces book. The Faces of book. Oh. Or if you would like to have your viewpoints aired here on our podcast, you may write to us at fishercast1 at gmail.com. Yeah. So, uh, Des, where can we find you this week on the web? (laughs) Where can't you find me? I'm at (laughs) nakedgirls.com. What? um, (laughs) (laughs) Nakedgirls.com. Um, anyways, uh, you can find me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right now. <laughs> Quick clack. <laughs> um, you can find me on what's on with Steph and Des, um, a podcast dedicated to television, specifically what we're watching. We do it every week. You can go to what's on with Steph and Awesome. And, uh, you can find Moira in a Sears bathroom doing absolutely nothing inappropriate. She just needed to wash her hands and check her makeup. That's it. (laughs) Um, You can also find her on Twitter at Moira Brown with an A. And you can find me at E-M-O-I-R-A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can find me on uh, Twitter at L. Robin Yarrow. And, of course, uh, on the other great intercast, Redemption Cast, uh, uh, intercast all about Angel. (laughs) Um, that's it for it's what? <laughs> you said the great intercast. It's great. It is great. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for Fishercast this week. Next week, your homework is making love work. And uh, we don't have any guests for that, but by the time oh, you're listening God. to this, uh, we're already recording it. So 
Sorry. Uh, <laughs> as for the trap, uh, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Dust, dust. To dust. Bye. To dust. Bye. What were you doing when you lonely? No one waiting by your side.
Thank you.